0: Sabres on a three-game losing streak, getting a little worried. We'll look at the standings, what happened in their loss to the Winnipeg Jets. Also, we're at the halfway point of the NHL season. Not quite the Sabre season yet, but the NHL season. So, Take a look around the league. There's some trends going on in the league that are pretty fun, and also uh, we'll look at some individual teams and what their uh, story are this year, kind of the playoff races in both conferences. That's coming up, and then a preview of Sabres and Predators for Saturday night. That's all ahead here on Locked on Sabres. Your Locked On Sabres, your daily podcast on the Buffalo Sabres. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Sabres your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Check us out on our YouTube channel. Go to YouTube, search "Locked On Sabers." Easiest way to get a hold of us. Also on Twitter, you can get get us at both at Sneaky Joe Sports or at Locked On Sabers. A lot to get to on today's show. A recap of Sabers and Jets. Not going to be a fun one as the Sabers extend their losing streak to three. We're at the halfway point of the NHL season, not the Saber season, but the NHL season. So some trends going on in the league that we'll get to, and then uh, a. Bit of a preview of Sabers and Predators. Look at the betting lines. Also, what's going on with Nashville season and what kind of challenge that'll be. Plus, lineup notes. We think we know what the Sabers lineup will look like. Couple of changes and uh, some roster moves that's coming up a little bit later on. Our question of the day from you, the listener, gets uh, started here with Cricket Whistle Seven on Twitter, who tweets at the the podcast account. I'm getting serious Kruger vibes watching the Sabres power play struggles lately. Don is stubborn and is keeping 71 on power play two rather than opposite 72 on power play one. This only allows defenders to sit on both their one-timers as opposed to a dual threat. Come on, Don. I said this actually a while ago. Now this was earlier in the year when, Pittsburgh, remember, had that home-and-home with Buffalo. This was right after Thompson scored six against Columbus. And the Penguins cheated over to Thompson's side. They had one guy stand over by Thompson and dared Dylan Cousins to shoot. And what I think is becoming evident about the Sabres on the power play right now is that the way to beat them on the power play is to dare Dylan Cousins to shoot. Because, one... His shot is good. It's better than I gave it credit for at the beginning of the year, but he's certainly not an elite finisher. And he is not, he's on his uh his onside, not his offside. So he's not on his one timer when the pass comes his way, which means it takes him a second to corral it. And that allows, I think, the penalty kill units to cheat over to Thompson's side because they know hey, I could cheat over to Thompson's side a little bit. Because if Dalin moves the puck to Cousins. He's going to take a second to get that puck off his stick. I have an additional second to get over there, get a stick in the lane, pressure him into a different a different decision, take away the shooting lane from him and the space. So I think because Thompson is such a weapon on that offside, everything – about their power play needs to be a design to get him open. Everything needs to be working to get Thompson's one-timer open. And I think Cousins on that other side is inhibiting that a little bit. I don't need Cousins taking off the number one power play unit. I don't know who else you'd take off. I guess you could take Skinner off and put him on power play too. I do like Cousins on power play too. That would be my idea for this, even though I think he's, he's been very good. I just don't think he fits for what they need. I like this idea. I like the idea of Olafson on the opposite side of Thompson, because now with 71 on the other face-off circle, if you're a penalty kill unit, you're gonna have to make a decision. You could continue to take Thompson away, but Olafson's going to kill you. Olafson's one-timer is going to kill you. You can't really leave that open either. A little bit of pick your poison. And I think Olafson forces the penalty kill unit back into a more balanced structure, taking away the middle of the ice and doing the best they can on both sides. But I I think giving Darlene that option of, okay, Thompson open one-timer, Olsson open one-timer, it just to me will make things more free-flowing and it will do wonders into getting Thompson more scoring opportunities on the power play. I'm not a big Victor Olsson fan as a player, but I think in this specific instance, he serves – the right type of role, and it's exactly what they need. Now, I don't need this. This is not drastic. They need to change this right away. It's ridiculous if they don't. Their power play has been great, right? On the season, they're still second. So it's kind of like, you know, when we talk about the Bills um, on WGR, and we spent all season kind of microanalyzing their offense, and it can feel like when you talk about things like that so long that something's wrong when the Bills were like third in the league in yards per play this year. so. You spend a lot of time talking about it and ways you could get better, but there isn't much room to get better. You're already third in the league. That's kind of how I feel about the Sabres power play unit. It's already one of the best in hockey. I, you probably don't need to finick with it that much, but if there is a way to improve it, I think Olsen is, is the key to it. I think he is the guy to put on that other side and I would try it if I were Don Granado. So I agree with this sentiment. Sabres lose to the Jets. A four to two loss. They have now lost three games in a row. Oh, of a possible six points this week. And that is that is devastating to the Sabres potential playoff race. They were four points out at one point. They had games in hand on everybody, and they still have games in hand on the Islanders and the Panthers and the Capitals. But now Pittsburgh who is in that final playoff spot has played the same amount of games that the Sabres have. And the penguins are six points up. They're still in the race, but they could have been looking a lot better here. Even if they had gone 500 in this three game stretch, we'd been looking at that being three points out and a lot more realistic uh, of a race going forward. They needed to get some results. Now, they did play well, I think, in the last two games. It really goes back to the Philadelphia game as being an absolute travesty that they couldn't squeak a point or get especially two out of a team that they should have beaten that was on a back-to-back with a backup goaltender. That game was devastating. The last two games, the Sabres have outplayed their opponents. They outshot the Kraken by 12 on Tuesday night. They had more shot attempts than the Kraken. And here on Thursday night, the Sabres lost by two goals. One was an empty netter. They did outplay the Winnipeg Jets. I believe they did outplay the Winnipeg Jets. They outshot the Winnipeg Jets 41 to 27. The shot attempts in this game at five on five were 50 for the Sabres to 36 for the Winnipeg Jets. If you include the power plays, shot attempts for Buffalo in this game versus Winnipeg, 77 to 41. It was a game where the Sabres controlled the puck, they controlled possession throughout. One thing the Jets do that was frustrating in this game that fans might have picked up on and listeners might have picked up on is they smother you defensively. And you can have these shot attempts, but 77 shot attempts that came away with 41. That means 36 of their shot attempts did not get through. The Jets are so good at frustrating the the opposing team with sticks in the lane, blocked shots, keeping you to the outside, rebounds being forced away. But really it's the sticks in the lanes. They are very good defensively. They were playing a very conservative style of hockey from beginning to end. I told you yesterday they were the second to last team in terms of goals allowed, uh, second best in terms of goals allowed. Only the Bruins have allowed less among teams in a playoff spot. And they looked like it. They looked like that team. Uh, They did not have a ton of chances. They buried the couple that they had, um, but it was the Connor Hellebuck show. Simply put, it was the Connor Hellebuck show. Diving saves across. That save he made with about 10 minutes to go in the third period. Glove saves. I mean, Owen Power, at one point in the third period, it was about eight minutes to go, had an open wrist shot from the high slot. And Power doesn't have an amazing shot. I mean, he hasn't scored a goal yet this year. His best qualities are other things. but. Come on, NHL player with an open wrist shot from the high slot. And Hellebuck's just like, pitch and catch. Dan Dudley even said it. That's a pitch and catch for Connor Hellebuck. Just makes it look so easy. I think he's the best goaltender in hockey over the last five years. He is consistent. If he sees the shot, he is going to stop it. And on this night, he saves 39 of 41. And my overhead, at least, hopefully you bet the over. On his saves. It's my bet of the night going into that game. Over 29 saves. He. cruised past that at 39 saves. So the Sabres outplayed the Jets. But. This is what can happen. When you do not have the better goaltender in a given game. There are not many games. Where the Sabres have the more trustworthy goalie situation going in. This was certainly one of them where they were overmatched. Lukanen played fine. He made some nice saves. But. It was the hella show. And there's only so much you can do about that. So three in a row, the Sabres drop. Again, the week as a whole, it's going to just all started with that Philly game. That Philly game, it's just unbelievable that they were not able to pull that out. Uh, our goat head of the night for this game. I actually do want to give it to Uka um, Now, he didn't face a ton of shots. Uh, again, in this game, uh, he only stopped 23 of 26. That's an 885 save percentage. That's not great. But Winnipeg did have a lot of high danger scoring chances. In fact, remember, shot attempts was 77 to 41 in favor of Buffalo. High danger scoring chances was a lot closer, 16 to 11. So Lukanen faced 11 scoring chances, or high danger scoring chances. Um, the Jets expected goals for in this game was 3.35. So they ended up right around. In fact, Lukanen. If you look at the advanced numbers, he did better than the expectation. He did better than replacement level in this game by allowing three instead of 3.35, which is obviously not possible. Um, so I like in There were some big saves he made. I mean, the only time the crowd was really lively the entire game was when they were shouting or chanting, Lou. So I Lucanin, my goat head of the night. Uh, Kind of weird to give it to him on a game where they gave up four goals, but only three were on him. One was an empty netter, and um, I thought he he did well to keep the Sabres uh, in that game late. So Ukapeka Lukonen, our goat head of the night for the game's MVP on the Buffalo side. We'll take a timeout here. We're at the halfway point of the NHL season. Some trends that are going on in the league this year that you're going to be excited about and that are good for the sport. And then a preview of Sabres and Predators. Both of those things ahead here on the Locked On Sabers podcast. We're brought to you by Built Bar. You gotta try a Built Bar. We just got through the holidays, and I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year. If you're like me, you want to get healthier, but you don't. You want to compromise the taste? Then man, you've got to try this. You gotta try Built. With Built, healthy is actually tasty seriously they are so delicious you will not think they are good for you it's perfect for your new year's resolution what makes built bars so good well for starters they're covered in 100 percent real chocolate they come in a bunch of great flavors like churro peanut butter brownie coconut almond one of the more popular ones i love cookie dough that's my favorite with the real cookie dough pieces right in it i'm just not sure how built does it these taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros 130 calories, four grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your built bars at built.com, but now. You can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section. Grab yourself a box of Built Bars. Pick up a four box of the cookies and cream, double chocolate, cookie dough, my favorite, the puffs. And if you're close to a Sam's Club, run in. Grab a 13 box bar uh, or 13 bar box with brownie batter, churro, or any of the others. You can thank me later. Built. Check them out, built.com. Or again, head to Walmart or Sam's Club to get your Built Bars. Jody Biassi back here on the Locked on Sabres podcast. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. All right. Uh, halfway point of the NHL season. Kind of look around the league a little bit here. And before we look at even the standings or individual teams, a couple of trends that uh, I'm picking up on, that we're picking up on in the NHL this year. Scoring is up again. Last year, you might have heard a lot about how it was a record-breaking type year in terms of scoring, or at least it was the highest scoring year in a long time. Well, this season, they have topped last season, 6.4 goals per game. The overs, by the way, are going through the roof. We're used to see 5, 5.5. Now it's 6, 6.5, or 7 uh, when you're looking at the betting lines. This is the highest scoring NHL season at the midway mark. Since 1995-96, the year I was born. That is the NHL season in which that's the first NHL season of my lifetime is the last time scoring was this high. 44% of games this year have finished as a comeback win. That is the third most all-time, only 05-06. Sabres had a bunch of those, remember those comebacks. And 2018-19. Ah, uh, the only two seasons the top this year in terms of percentage of games that are comeback wins. Twelve percent of games are multi-goal comebacks. That's a, a a historically high number as well in the top five all time, and all of that points to goal scoring being up. And what's kind of amazing is goal scoring is up, and they didn't have to make this crazy fix to do it. Right? They didn't make nets bigger. They didn't take away offsides. They didn't. Uh, they maybe they made little. Uh, tweaks along the way, but they didn't make any drastic change to the goalie equipment. Um, You know, they didn't really do a lot that was different. It's just, uh, this is probably good. I think this happened naturally. This happened with just the talent pool getting better. And if I may little American bias here, I know we have some listeners in Southern Ontario and in Canada. So bear with me for a moment here. You can argue with me in the comment section if you want. I think scoring is up because there is a sudden influx of elite American hockey players. Canada has always given us elite hockey players, always been this big pool of hockey. Canada for, for, for example, has always pulled its weight in terms of the scoring talent and just the talent pool overall in the NHL. Canada has given us all they can in terms of a, of a player pool and Europe. That's increased slowly but surely along the way. And you have stars in the league right now. David Pasternak from Czechia. Eric Carlson from Sweden. They, uh, who else? You've got Leon Draisaitl from Germany. Like, like Europe is starting to do that as well. But I think it's the pool of American talent that is causing the sudden rise in talent and in scoring. Four of the top ten scorers in the NHL are American. Canada has won. McDavid is number one in the NHL in goal scoring. The next Canadian is actually his teammate, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, who is in 12th place, and then Mitch Marner, who is also in 12th place. But four of the top 10 are Americans. Jason Robertson of the Dallas Stars is fourth in the NHL in points. This is points, by the way, not goals. Tage Thompson of the Sabres is sixth in the NHL in points. Kyle Connor is eighth. Matthew Kachuk is also tied for eighth. It's, I think, being driven by, and and a lot of these guys are in, you know, like Sunbelt states, as the NHL put out in their press release, where they had a lot of this information that I'm pulling from. Um, Matthew Kachuk is from Scottsdale, Arizona. Jack Hughes of the Devils, who's taken a big step this year. He's from Orlando. Uh, Tage Thompson's from Phoenix. Austin Matthews, we know, is an Arizona kid. Jason Robertson is a Southern California guy. So it's different parts of the U.S. as well. Um, Three U.S. born players are in the top 10 in goals. Thompson, Robertson, and Jack Hughes. Um, Also, that would be the most ever. uh, If that happens. Um, What else? There were some other numbers here. There are players born in 35 different States this season. That is the highest all time. So or tied for the highest all time. So, Maybe I'm making too much of it. I'm showing a little American hockey bias here uh, with the red, white, and blue. I've been itching to see them play in an international tournament against Canada, which we haven't seen in like eight eight years now, seven years now. I think that's the explanation. Uh, Let me know if you agree with that because it's just a theory I'm not even 100% sold on. I'm like 90% sure, though, that that that's what's happening here. Uh, So scoring up. Uh, Other things, by the way, the point to scoring being up. McDavid himself. Connor McDavid is on pace for 150 points. That is the most points in 27 years, if that happens, if he gets to that number. Mario Lemieux, in that 95-96 season that I just spoke of where scoring was uh, at an all-time high, uh, or the highest since this year, Mario Lemieux had 161 points that season. So if McDavid crosses that 150-point threshold, it'll be the most uh, since Mario Lemieux. Been a very long time. 12 players, by the way, are on pace to finish with 100 points. Scoring's up. Games are fun. Back and forth. I love it. Uh, We had that 9-8 to game between the Kraken and and the Kings earlier in the year. The Sabres have played how many? Six to five games this year. So the sport is in a really good place. And one last thing on this before we move on and get back to the Sabres. It's happening at the perfect time. You saw ratings being up at the end of last year throughout the playoffs, uh Stanley Cup final as well, ratings were up. The scoring has coincided with their new TV contracts with the NHL now being on ESPN and on TNT. And ESPN is more a driver of this than TNT is, but TNT too. The sport is in front of more eyeballs than ever before. It far more than they were in front of NBC. NBC Sports not just it it was a They they left they was lazy, right? They left the product for dead at certain points in time. ESPN has marketed this. TNT has marketed this. They are showing it everywhere. ESPN Plus, it is so easy now using ESPN to get to every single game if you have ESPN Plus, and they have national games every year if you don't or every week if you don't. So more eyeballs because it's more available. It's on a channel that's easier to find in ESPN, the number one in sports. TNT being right there too, helping out. I think the sport is in the best place it's ever been because of those two things. Scoring is the highest it's been in in decades. And it's in front of more eyeballs than it's been uh, maybe ever. So the sport of hockey is in a great place. I give no credit to Gary Bettman, by the way, none of this is Gary Bettman. He's going to tell you it was him at the owner meetings. None of it. Unless he's the one who really drove the ESPN deal. I'll give him some credit for that, but I'm not giving him credit for anything else. Uh, all right. Take a time out here. I, you know what? I'll stop. Okay. I, before I, that be, was biased, right? Batman does deserve some credit, doesn't he? Because now I'm thinking about it, and I just told you how many of these top elite players are from Sunbelt states. And I don't know. Is Tage Thompson play hockey if the Coyotes didn't exist? Does Austin Matthews? Does Jason Robertson play hockey if the Ducks and the Sharks don't exist? I don't know. Maybe there's an argument to be made there, but I just – I can't stand Batman. I just I can't stand Batman. That's it. All right. We'll take a timeout here. We'll preview Sabres and Predators when we come back here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast. And when we look at Sabres and Predators, we'll give you the odds. And the odds and this podcast are brought to you by BetOnline.net, your number one source for all your sports betting information this year. You've got, uh, you've got college basketball uh, getting – Closer and closer to March Madness. You've got pro football. You've got soccer firing back up. They've got it all at betonline.net. Hockey, of course, too. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. They are the fastest and easiest way to get all your betting information. Head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Joe DiBiase back here on the Locked on Sabres podcast. All right, Sabres and Predators is where we turn next uh, for the Sabres. Saturday night in Nashville, they are back on the road before coming back home for a couple of home games. Nashville on the season, taking a bit of a step back. I think that was right to expect, though. Nashville squeaked into the playoffs last year. They got swept right out of the building by Colorado, who went on to win the Stanley Cup. It was never a competitive series. Uh, They made the playoffs, and they were a little bit fluky. Why were they fluky? they had a lot of guys on career high shot uh shot shooting percentages and they had a vesna caliber goaltender uc saros was playing incredible last year and saros to his credit is playing great this year as well he's got a 922 save percentage he is one of the best goaltenders in hockey but last year he was just he was incredible. Um, his his save percentage numbers look relatively similar, but the expected goals forward numbers, some of the advanced metrics show that last year was better for him. Now, I, it depends what they're going to get from Yuroslav Askarov, who is one of the best goalie prospects in the world. He's coming over from Russia, just played his first game, allowed four goals on 35 shots. So we'll see what Askarov's able to give them, but it's more about Soros. They are built from the net out, very similar to the team the Sabres just played in the Winnipeg Jets. The problem is... They are not getting the same type of goal production from, uh, from their top guys like they did last year. And again, that was because there was regression that was always going to be coming. Uh, and looking at last year versus this year, so one guy that jumps right off the page, Matt Duchesne had 43 goals last year. This year in 40 games, Matt Duchesne has 11 goals. It's been cut in half. Uh, Roman Yossi, even Roman Yossi last year had 96 points this year. He's got 33. So he's on pace for 66. That's come way down. Uh, who else? Philip Forsberg had 42 goals last year. This year he's got 18. So that's a little bit of a downgrade. Not as much as some of the other guys, but it as has certainly come down. Uh, Michael Granlin, 64 points last year, this year, 25. That's come down a little bit. That's about a 15 point drop if he stays on his current pace. And maybe the guy that has also been downgraded the most, next to Duchesne, Ryan Johansson. Last year, Ryan Johansson had had 26 goals and 63 points. This year, he's on pace for 18 goals and 40 points. So a big drop for him as well. All their offensive weapons have gone down. Saros' production has gone down just a little bit, not as much as those guys. And in turn, it has them being outside of the playoff picture. They are at 44 points, three points back of the Edmonton Oilers. And they'll have to really put a run together in the second half here to challenge, but Colorado is lurking. Colorado is out of a playoff spot at 43 points. They are going to get it together. So one spot that is up there right now, some team is coming out for Colorado and Nashville's got the battle with the rest of them. That's going to be tough because then they're five points back of the, of the rest of the pack. So that's the Sabres next opponent, the Nashville Predators. Um, the line in that game over with our friends at bet online, the Sabres are favored. Uh, or an underdog, plus 134, a slight underdog to Nashville. The over-under in this game is 6.5 at minus 111. I like the same bet I did with Connor Hellebuck, and it is at the same number. Over 29 saves for UC Sorrows. I'm going back to the well. I think that the Sabres are going to get their shooting attempt, shot attempts. Nashville not as good at clogging the lanes like Winnipeg is. Uh Sorrows not quite as good in my mind as Hellebuck is, but it's pretty close. So I think you're going to get a lot of saves. And a lot of shots from the Sabres standpoint lineup news for the Sabres. It sounds like Jack Quinn and JJ Paterka will re-enter the lineup on Saturday night. Peyton Krebs was assigned to Rochester. That's a paper transaction. I don't know what they're going to do in terms of the lineup on Saturday night to replace uh, a spot for uh, Paterka and um, Quinn. In my mind, I would just sit Henestroza and Asplund. I mean, they've not been good in my mind. Um, I would not, put Krebs out. I think that's probably a money thing why he was technically assigned today, but he's not really, he's going on the trip. So Krebs can't come out of the lineup. In my opinion, I think Paterka and Quinn should go back in. And it sounds like they are going to go back in at this point in time on Friday, no clue who's going to start in goal. My best guess, I actually might think they go back to Lukanen. They go back to Lucan give him a day's rest. Comrie still recovering from the injury. Anderson's playing more like once a week at this point. So I think they go back to Lucan but that is a complete guess. Um, it could be any of the three really at this point, seven o'clock puck drop Saturday night in Nashville. And that's going to do it for us here on the lockdown Sabres podcast. So enjoy the game tomorrow. Enjoy the football playoffs throughout the week and hopefully uh, Buffalo sports fans are in a good mood after a Sabres win on Saturday and a Bills win on Sunday. That's going to do it for us. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the Locked on Sabres podcast, and we will talk to you next time.